Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Welcome back to Breaking Free Authentically. This is episode 46, and I just had the best conversation with Shaui Moon all the way from the Bay of Plenty in New Zealand. So we're very lucky to have her. She is a trauma-informed holistic wellness coach, a Karuna Reiki master, and a pleasure and intimacy educator. She is passionate about guiding people back to regulation and peace within themselves and their bodies and educating clients on sexual wellness. As you know, these are things that I am absolutely passionate about as well, and I'm so lucky to have her as a guest today. Today we want to talk about curiosity and how that shows up for us. We have been conditioned by our society to not be curious. If you think about children, they are born curious and we slowly train them out of that. And as an adult, we feel shame and guilt about being curious. Like we don't deserve it for some reason. And I just think that we need to shift that paradigm completely. So I am releasing you today to step into your curiosity, to step into the nudges that you might feel, to discover something new, to try something new. I really have seen some exciting shifts in my program, Breaking Free from Monogamy. My clients are having huge shifts about allowing themselves to be curious, to tap into and lean into their desires and their fantasies and what they're curious about without the shame and guilt that often comes with that. And in that, they're discovering themselves and the confidence that they didn't even realize they were missing. And it's allowing them to just blossom as people and have so much freedom. I'm so excited to have this conversation because it's, you know, we often get into relationships to be loved instead of actually thinking of relationships as a container to learn about ourselves. And Shawi really brought this to the forefront that we get to tap into relationships and really connect on a level that is so filled with love and authenticity. And we can't do that if we're stuck in the programming, if we're stuck feeling guilt and shame or feeling that our curiosities are 
selfish and that we shouldn't have them. So I encourage you to let go of the shame, let go of the guilt, and just allow yourself to be curious. Allow yourself to play. Allow yourself to discover your own pleasure. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Shawi Moon. Please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Are you struggling with your sexual well-being? Are you often disappointed in your relationships? Do you have unrealistic expectations? Do you ever wonder if you are actually cut out for monogamy? Maybe you've had some of these thoughts. Did you know it's not your fault? That's right. You've been brainwashed since childhood with a series of beliefs about sexuality and relationships. We call this the mono mindset. Do you feel like you've been sold a fairy tale when it comes to sex and love? Why isn't it working? Why am I not fulfilled? Why am I not satisfied? Why do I have a deep longing for more? Shouldn't I be satisfied? Content? Just be grateful? Well, you aren't alone. If this resonates with you, you are ready for the Breaking Free From Monogamy 8-week program. In this 8-week program, you will learn how the mono mindset has set us up for failure in our relationships and in our emotional and sexual well-being. How the mono mindset keeps us from being truly authentic in our sexuality and relationships. How it keeps us small and gives us a false sense of security. Why we think of sexuality and anything related to sex as wrong or taboo. And how the mono mindset has invalidated your desires. Do you think to yourself, I want to fully enjoy my life and who I really am. I want real connections. I want to be able to be myself. I want to understand my body. I love who I am, but I don't seem to fit the mold. Maybe you've thought, I've always felt like a sexual deviant, but I'm actually a really good person. I don't understand. Well, many of my clients have said, Kareen, I didn't know I had choices. I thought monogamy was the only way to be happy and enjoy a fulfilling sex life. I thought that non-monogamy is for people that have commitment issues, and I thought it was just a way to legally cheat on your partner. I thought I was supposed to suppress my desires to have a successful relationship. But what if you could deconstruct the mindset that is holding you back from exploring other options? Well, you can in my eight-week Breaking Free from Monogamy program. Take your life back and become a master of healthy relating and sexuality. Lose the shame and guilt you've been programmed to feel in order to conform. It's not your fault. You weren't given a choice. Learn to love yourself and your desires. Discover what is natural and ethical. Breaking Free from Monogamy, an eight-week program shifting the mono mindset for greater intimacy and sexual well-being. Do you want to choose monogamy confidently or explore other healthy models? This program is for you. Please go visit offers.kareenbedard.com to go take the free Is Monogamy Right for Me quiz and to enroll in the new Breaking Free from Monogamy 8-week program. That's offers.k-a-r-i-n-e 
B-E-D-A-R-D dot com. Well, welcome back to Breaking Free Authentically. Today, my guest is Shawi Moon. I love this name. It's so cool. And it is actually on her birth certificate. So she didn't just make this up. Um, it's a very cool, very cool name, Shawi. I love it. Um, thank you for being here. I think we're going to have such a fun conversation. I'm very excited to see where this goes. But we have decided that the goal of this conversation is going to be to really release you all to lean into your curiosities without shame and guilt. I mean, I talk about this a lot, but there is no right way to do anything and there's nothing off limits. There's no forbidden thoughts, desires, or emotions, or relationship styles for that matter. There is nothing forbidden. Deprivation doesn't work, so set that apart, set that away. You're (laughs) never going to fit the mold Unless you want to be unhappy and be boring and have no personality, then maybe you'll fit the mold. But who wants that? <laughs> I mean, be yourself. My whole podcast is about being authentic, right? Breaking free authentically and not being an asshole at the same time. <laughs> so, yeah. shall we? Let's hey, hey. find out a little bit about you and how we're going to bring some cool stuff to the table here. Fun. What an awesome start to this episode, right? We know we're going to have fun. Uh, Hey, everyone. I'm so excited to be here because this just completely aligns with my heart purpose, like soul mission, just to help wake people up to their true selves. Of course, there's not only like six different kinds of people in the world. Think how uniqueness and our authenticity is what makes life so exciting. Um, Yeah, so as you can probably tell from my accent, I'm right down in the bottom of the world in New Zealand. So I'm based down in New Zealand. I uh, work in the holistic wellness space, um, predominantly working one-on-one through trauma coaching. I actually do youth preventative work as well. And I'm an intimacy and pleasure coach, which is always the part of my job title where people are like, oh, (laughs) yeah, tell me more. (laughs) And I'm really, yeah, really big on saying that it's, it's intimacy and pleasure as opposed to sex coaching or anything like that. I haven't studied sex therapy because I think that pleasure is our own. Pleasure is an individual journey of self, you know, regardless of whether there's one or more people there, it's ours. We get to claim the way that we like to express, the way we like to experience connection and pleasure, really own that and create a deep relationship to it. And then we extend outside of that. Um, so yeah, this this combo is completely my jam. I'm all about freedom of self. Yeah. Curiosity, fun, playfulness. Yes. And and it's amazing how many people shut down playfulness for adults. I yeah, mean, definitely. like so many of us have been conditioned by the adults in our world that, oh, well, don't, you're not a child anymore. Like you shouldn't get so excited. I'm like, fuck that. I get excited. <laughs> I get excited I get ex- about yeah. all kinds of things. And that is what makes me, me. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't get through life if I didn't have things to be excited about. Like, Mm-hmm. I don't want to mope around like I'm going to find the silver lining whatever I can because it's so easy to stay stuck in a negative loop like I don't want false positivity I don't want fake positivity not that's not for me oh just think positive no like literally legit find the pleasure in things and get fucking excited about it 
Yes, right? I love that. <laughs> and I think finding pleasure in all things. Yes. Uh, you know, wh- one thing that I did last year was we actually, I started a podcast with my ex from my like high school sweetheart ex. And one of the things that would come up as I definitely created a deeper relationship to my own pleasure is that whenever we'd come on the podcast, like here's this really mundane thing I found pleasure in today. Today I was like grating the carrots and I was like, fuck yeah, this is great. (laughs) Or today, you know, I was just like dancing and it felt good in my body. And you're absolutely right. We've been conditioned out of play and pleasure. And it's actually, it's our responsibility to reclaim it again as individuals, because otherwise we're just neglecting a part of ourselves. We don't, we don't lose it. It's not like you get to a certain age and they're like, okay, now you cannot play. You cannot experience freedom, you know, or bliss or ecstasy like you do as a child. Like, no, that's not true. You must be an adult (laughs) and be responsible (laughs) and have no fun anymore. And not laugh. (laughs) Why people are fucking depressed? All the time. There's so much mental health because we're like, no, I I have to not have joy in order to be responsible adult. And, Mm -hmm. and, oh, I should not have desires and fantasies because that's asking too much. It's not just, that's not being Mm -hmm. content. Mm-hmm. Well, that's selfish. Yeah, you know, we hear that a lot. It's selfish for me to want more. It's selfish for me to desire more. It's yeah. selfish for me to explore who I truly am. Those I know stories. that was so big for me, and it's yeah. taken a long time. I think that's one thing that really draws me to the the world of ethical non monogamy. That okay. So when I deconverted from fundamentalist evangelical Christianity, like I was mm-hmm. deep. Like I went to Bible school, like Bible college. I was a church music major, like, I mean, deep, okay? I was a virgin when I got married at 22. This is all in the first episode, but this is my story, right? It's really, really big. But so what I discovered when I was deconverting was I started listening to Playboy Radio because they were the worst of the worst, right? Like they were the sinful worldly people, heathens, you know, and the sex people, like, I had to find out how miserable they actually were because that's what I've been told. They had no capacity to love and they had no um, self-respect or joy or any of those things, which, of course, I had all those things as a Christian, right? I started listening and I was like, holy shit. Of course, I didn't say that. I was a good Christian girl. (laughs) But I felt, holy shit, these are my people. And they just enjoyed life. They embraced life. They didn't judge each other. They could be connected. It didn't matter if they were naked together or dressed together. That didn't matter. They were just, they didn't objectify each other. They just enjoyed who each other was and had total respect for each other. And I was like, what is happening here? This is not what I've been taught. Mm. And And you know what? Go ahead. I was just going to say the thing that comes through straight away to me is, you know, I work with energy. Part of what I do is I'm Mm. a Reiki practitioner and, and sexual energy is healing energy, like that actual frequency of energy, right? So the more that people are in a deep relationship to the, to the movement of sexual energy through their body, of course, the more joyous and the more playful and the more free they are. And it's that suppression of that sexual energy that actually leaves that contraction in the body. So that's what you were hearing, right? You're actually hearing people that were so much more in that energy. And I was like, and they're just being themselves. Like, they're not just putting this on just to make a show on Playboy Radio. You know, like, 
they were magnetic in their energy and it sucked me in and I was like, what is happening? And it was just like even talk show type things. They weren't necessarily, they weren't having sex. It wasn't like porn happening. It was like literally like the co-hosts just bantering with each other and being themselves and like they were married to other people and having fun just talking and not being afraid to cross the line all the time because I was always accused of being a flirt, but I wasn't trying. I just, I'm a connector and I, I'm just myself and I show up as myself to everybody, but that was misconstrued my whole fucking life. Yeah, wow. Completely misconstrued. And I'm also French. So I'm like more physical and I'm more like emotionally connected with people. Like I, I just, I sink in deep quickly. That's just part of my my being, right? And I think that's what people love about me, but I was shamed for that as a Christian. Like I just, you can't do that or you can't give the impression of this or that or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I just felt so stifled, but I didn't know. I didn't know yeah. that, you know? Anyways, and then I started listening to um, Swing with Michael and Holly, who are like swinger podcast hosts on Playboy Radio and the Swing House and things like that. And I was like, what is happening here? Married people are having sex with other people and like rejoicing in their experiences and rejoicing in allowing their partner to express themselves sexually when it's not even with them. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Well, I thought that would that ruin marriage. Like that compersion, yeah. the ability to be happy for somebody else's exactly. pleasure and joy. I mean, forget exist. that word. I didn't even know that word existed, <laughs> yeah. but I was like, I'm feeling it that they have this joy and energy mm. with each other's pleasure. And I was like, what the fuck is happening here? Because mm. I, I had saved myself for marriage and so had my husband. Mm. And here I am 15 years later going, I don't have anybody else to compare to. I didn't, I did all the right things yet there. I just feel like it, it's not what it could be because I'm a sexual person. I always have been, but I've always like shut that down because it was so wrong. You know, at four I got caught masturbating and I was like vile, you know, like that was just so awful. So I always had shame about that. So I'm not going to have, I'm not going to masturbate in front of my husband, even if he wanted that, like, no, oh gosh, that's the not a power okay. of shame. Oh. The power of shame to subdue people. Yeah. It's such a, a heavy, heavy emotion. And so many people have got their sexuality and shame entangled. Oh, completely. you know, due to so many things, you know, external circumstances, stuff like that. You know, I uh, my background's initially education. And so like it is natural for children to explore their bodies. They don't know shame until shame is put on them. Right. Like it is a natural part of, of human exploration. And it's so wrong that part of our natural essence as a human is then shamed. Yeah. You know, and then so many people are growing up, even even the phrase saving yourself for marriage, like even right? the connotation behind the words of like you are then saving. So if you're not doing that, you're not saved. Right. Like, all of these and, shame stories. And also like I was taught that sex was the glue that keeps a, a marriage together. So if you share that with someone else, it's like tape, right? Like if you share it with someone else, that tape, when you peel off tape, if you use tape and then peel it off, it's less sticky. And every time you stick it down and peel it off, it gets less and less sticky, which the implication was that if I were to have sex with someone else or 
God forbid, if I was going to be interested in someone else who had had sex, then and I have to judge them because they're less sticky. They're like our mm. relationship isn't going to work. So I have to shame them in my mind because they didn't save themselves for our relationship that is ordained by God and is going to be forever and work because of course that's how it goes. That's, that's the standard. Right. And so last week's episode was about, you know, breaking down like what, success looks like and failure looks like, you know, in relationships and is divorce a failure. And we have this idea that it is absolutely a failure. But when your whole conditioning says that marriage is supposed to be forever, save yourself for marriage, sex is shameful unless you're married, sex outside of marriage is shameful. And now we're moving past that. So like if you get pregnant out of wedlock, it's not nearly as shameful. Um, and even, you can even, live with someone before. Um, and even the the ideas that are on whether you are single or in a relationship. Like I've been single for the last two years. And prior to that, lots of long-term relationships, married for seven and a half years. And I know that's not a true story that I'm less worthy choosing to be in single. However, I I witness it so much in society. You know, I have friends that are single and I can see the unworthiness stories. And I think, but you can look at the people in relationships that are unhappy. Why is happiness? Why is happiness not the pillar of what it is to be successful as opposed to your relationship status and all the other things? Mm -hmm. It's like all of a sudden the hierarchy of what your life is supposed to look like has become more important than someone's joy and authenticity and and, and self-expression, all of those things, right? It's just so backwards. It's so warped. Yeah. And so if the standard is fitting the mold, basically, yeah. mm -hmm. then are we allowed to veer from the mold? That's the question. And I think it's always going, who's this for? Mm. <laughs> like you're the one that has to live with you at the end of the day. You're going to be the one on your deathbed that goes, who the fuck did I live my life for? What? Did I l live my life for me or did I live it for my parents or my religion or what society told me it should look like or, you know, for, for the comfort of others? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> exactly. So my eight-week program, uh, Breaking Free from Monogamy, that's like one of the questions we ask every week. It's like we just build in these things, you know, like there's no forbidden thoughts, desires or mm. emotions. And then who does this benefit? Ask yourself, who does this benefit? Because if it's not benefiting you, it's benefiting someone else. And sometimes that's OK. But if it's always benefiting someone else and never you, then we need to look at that and we need to be aware of what's happening in our bodies and how we're feeling in our bodies, what's coming up for us? Like, do we feel constricted or do we feel open? Like you said, like sexual energy opens us up a little open. bit. Mm -hmm. And like, are we feeling like we have to walk on eggshells and, and not feeling like our true selves? And by staying in this rule book, are we benefiting ourselves or our relationship for that matter? Are we benefiting our children as parents when mm. we're so constricted and we don't feel safe to open up and to be ourselves? Is shaming our desires and thoughts and emotions, is that benefiting us in any way? Or is that just promoting the system and keeping us conforming and fitting in so that we can all be controlled as a society? 
Mm-hmm. Right. Especially as women, you know, that, that whole story around the self-sacrificial martyr, <laughs> you know, that the mother that gives all of herself and she's oh, left yeah. at the end of the day with nothing, you know, the wife that gives all of themselves. And the thing is that we can give, we can only give. And I always, um, ask people when it comes to worthiness to visualize, you know, their heart space as a vessel. Like we can only give from that heart space if it's overflowing. We have mm-hmm. to have it overflowing. We have to fill ourselves up energetically, time-wise. You know, we have to be in devotion to ourselves. Otherwise, you're going to, first of all, run to the fucking, like you, you're going to burn out. You can't sustain yeah. just giving and giving and giving. But also what what story are we then putting out there about what it is to be a woman or a mother or a wife or whatever it is? Like, no, it can't be completely self-sacrificial all the time it's so detrimental mm-hmm. to our mental well-being to our sexual well-being you know our whole holistic well-being we all have to be part of making that change of everything should truly be in this um reciprocity right yeah. friendships and and as parents you know I've got three kids so I know as parents I definitely give a lot more to my children because that's what the balance is right now and mm-hmm. absolutely it's the way it should be however then I need to take responsibility for filling my cup up and all mm-hmm. of the places so I can show up and you come across so many women that are so conditioned to put everyone else first mm-hmm. or not look after their well-being or not like follow their nudges or their intuition or their desires, you know, or their exploration and they're suppressing themselves. Right. And not only is that seen as selfish, it's like often seen as shirking your responsibilities. I heard that term in my marriage so often. Oh, well, if you just go out and do the things that you love and you want to do, like, as long as you're not shirking your responsibilities. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Right. Like, and, and at the time I was like, oh yeah, no, I can't, I can't go and just be this person um, because they're not doing the same thing. And so, you know, but it's like what they enjoy, they enjoy solitude and they enjoy their independence and being by themselves and sitting and reading a book. They enjoy that. That fills their cup, but that's not filling my cup. And it takes me twice as long to do anything, any kind of household task than it took them. So like, I'm always just doing the things that need to be done and feeling guilty about going to, fill my cup right and and bubble baths and manicures and pedicures don't do it for me that mm-hmm. is not self-care to me and I was like Pfft. and self-care and well, I loathed that word <laughs> it felt well, like mean, selfishness it, for me selfishness like how fucked up is it in itself yeah. I mean even when you look at biology like biologically if, if we're talking about hetero relationships there's a difference to the way that that the, the male and the female would look after themselves you know it's like mm-hmm. men are from mars and women are from venus men do go into their cave i love that often book. is that yeah and often is that solitude and that going into that space where it's just the them cave. to process or yeah the cave whereas we go into our village right so mm-hmm. we we're hardwired for connection. Mm-hmm. We actually are hard hardwired for that. And when you were saying before about how you felt so shamed and what was deemed as like flirtatious, and funnily enough, my dad is French, so I'm I totally vibe with you. <laughs> I'm really similar in that in that self expression. But we are we're hardwired as humans, as sentient beings that thrive off connection. Yeah. And particularly as women, because we were left alone in the villages while they went and hunted. And there is still part of that biology from cave woman, caveman days. Yeah. So yeah, we love that connection. And whether that be with males or females, obviously work within the parameter you've set in your relationship. But mm-hmm. it's not surprising that these women are seeking connection. And often the male won't understand that because the way that we fill up our cups is different yeah <laughs> it's just well, different. they say often that women have affairs for connection 
and yeah. men have affairs for sex. Yeah. And and that is very, that's it. very clear. That, but that's not always the case, right? Like yeah, um, there's so, so many men that are shamed for wanting yeah. connection. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so sad too. Like there's such a standard for men that yeah. they can't be in touch with their feelings or, you know, mm-hmm. want to express themselves. And so I think it's like so interesting how much we've shut down, let's just say it, our curiosity and our ability to be curious. So let's jump into that because um, there's so much shame associated with curiosity. I mean, let's just take a look at a child, okay? Like when a child is young, what are they doing all the time? They are exploring through play and curiosity, mm-hmm. right? All the time. <laughs> like they're always like, what will happen if I do that? What will happen if I put that on my body? What will happen if I draw that? Mm-hmm. Their imagination is at the forefront. Yeah. You know, that ability to imagine that then becomes stifled out of us. Mm-hmm. And, and when we can create a deeper relationship to imagination when we're adults, right? That's our fantasy. You know, that that's when we can explore these concepts that we might not put into the real world. But it's it's like that gets yeah conditioned out of us. But yeah, they're free. Well, what happens? What happens to children at school that continue mm. to be curious? That parents Shunned allow them to it. be conti- uh, curious mm. and don't um, sort of parent them to obey and and mm-hmm. conform. Those children, what do they get labeled as? Uh, yeah, then you've got all the neurodiversity, you've got these things that come in. and But do you know what's interesting is that it's these children that we need because they're our entrepreneurs, right? right. <laughs> these yeah. children are the, yeah, the light bringers, the change makers, well, the entrepreneurs. Do you know, it's very interesting. There was an article I read recently and it said um, that all the children that are such a nuisance and don't do well in a classroom, when you take those children outside, mm-hmm. they become the leaders. Of course they do. I was like, oh, yes, that's so true (laughs) because the classroom doesn't fit their model of learning. Now they have to be stifled and they have to sit in a box and be quiet and fold their hands and um, not ask all the questions. Luckily, I learned by asking questions. And so in school, I did really well. So I have ADHD. Um, In school, I did really well because I was able to be the voice for all the other kids and I would ask intelligent questions. I wasn't just distracting. Yeah, I was. I really enjoyed learning, but I mm. always had to have clarification. So I would ask a lot of questions, and I think that mm. saved me that the not being too shy to ask the questions. Mm. Whereas my kids growing up, um, my my oldest daughter, she was mortally, like mm. mortally shy. Like, I think in the kindergarten, she wow. her teacher hardly ever heard her speak. You know, and I know that a lot of that is my Christian parenting that I didn't allow her to. She was a curious, questioning, very intellectual thinking in her head all the time and observing. She was so observant as a kid, just looking and, and taking things in. And when she would question something, I would be like, no, that's not the way I would. I would. I mean, I, my, my mom modeled this a lot is like, this is how, this is how you think. And this is how, these are the right words to say, to be like a good Christian or this or that. And my mom's very wise and she's very good with people, 
So of course that was like, she imparted so many great things to me. And, and that is a hundred percent true. But in that, in that teaching me about the world through, in essence, judging the world mm-hmm. to use it as teaching, I learned that I wasn't supposed to be like that, or I wasn't supposed to have those thoughts or whatever. So as a parent, I mimicked that. And I really was very much about you do the right way and you think this way and you do da 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 da. And her question was always like, is this wrong? Is this wrong? Is this wrong? And I'm like, now she's 21. And like, I'm, I'm finally like, seeing her let go of that mindset and I keep giving her permission to like, no, you don't, you don't need to ask yourself, is that wrong? There is no wrong. There is no wrong. You get (laughs) to listen to to your heart. (laughs) Yeah. You get to have your own experiences. And if it's right for you, it's right. If you're not hurting other people, if you're being ethical, which you are so beautifully ethical and kind Mm. and loving to people, you wouldn't hurt a fly. So no, it's not wrong. Um, and, and I'm so, and I, I see the, the difference in the three kids, right? Like my youngest is 17. And then um, my second oldest is, um, she's 19. She's going to almost, she's almost 20. But just the difference in like, when I deconverted and my thinking became, you get to be who you are authentically and you get to let go of this baggage and let's learn together what life should look like. And let's have our own experiences. The younger two they didn't have as much programming and conditioning as, as the oldest. Right. And so they are so much more free in my, my, mm. and I mean, that's also like firstborn to like, you know, yeah. <laughs> but so that naturally happens anyways, but you can see like the programming was so different with my youngest. And it's like the things we can talk about, the things he doesn't struggle with, like he does not struggle with trying to fit in at school. It doesn't matter. It's not even a thing for him. Right. And I think that's so beautiful. Because I didn't, I didn't stop his curiosity at getting to inquire about things that weren't popular opinions necessarily, you know, like he got to think it through and the girls too, like, like, let's talk about sex. Okay. So you want to know about sex toys? Let's talk about it. Oh my gosh, mom. No. Okay. Why not? Why does that make you uncomfortable? I'm not having sex here in front of you i'm just saying you get to have pleasure and you get to talk about it you get to think about it it's not off the table and so now they can talk to me about things that they have questions but they got they had to get over that like we don't talk about that i was like you don't have to give me examples i'm not going to give you personal examples i don't need to do that in order to just have the the discussion about allowing yourself to be and to have desires and to fantasize and allow that to be a part of your being. Your nature. Not yeah. shut that down. Because what does and deprivation do? It's that self-abandoning quality, oh, right? Yeah. And and it's, I think, even outside of the restrictions of some versions of religion, mm-hmm. it's the conditioning of our educational systems. You guys have a very similar education system there as we do here, which was designed for the Industrial Revolution. And actually, when you look back, <laughs> school was designed for indoctrination. Mm-hmm. Our schooling system that we have now was designed for that. It was designed to constrain. And all of the research actually says free play until the age of seven. My kids go through Rudolf Steiner education here. So blessed to have alternative education here, which is much more holistic based. And 
an individual based. However, I can see it, you know, and I do youth preventative work and you can see these young people that are so, oh, like you're constricted and, and dealing with mental health issues at nine, you know, and, know. and dealing with, with eating disorders at nine and 10 and, and at some point, you know, we have to be part of the change because I'm really big on saying there are people we can blame. <laughs> there are systems in place that we can blame and people that could change those. However, it's people like you and I that are on the ground floor of parenting, that are on the ground floor of these conversations, the people that are listening that can go, do you know what? I want to be the change. And the best thing that we can do for the next generation is to embody that, right? Mm -hmm. The best thing that we can do is to embody a, a reclamation of our, our playfulness and our curiosity yeah, and our pleasure and our freedom. And the greatest gift we could give anyone, but especially if you've got children, is to be your complete authentic self because they can feel it if you're not. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they, they can feel it. <laughs> and that's why on last week's episode about, you know, deciding if divorce is the right thing, like don't stay together for the children because yeah. if you're miserable and if your mental health is like going down the tubes, your kids feel that. They feel that yes. more energetically it has more of an impact on them than mm -hmm. having to visit a parent weekend to weekend. Mm -hmm. Like that's not the thing that's going to kill them. Mm -hmm. This like barrage of negative energy and, and not feeling safe and not feeling like they can be themselves or if they rock the boat because mom and dad are on edge, mm -hmm. like that's destructive to children, but we don't talk about that. We're like, and Oh, but they have two parents. Yeah. That that was my exact story, you know. I was my my children were 5, 2 and 1 when I knew I had to leave my marriage. And it was that decision of I would rather my children see two happy, mm -hmm. content individuals than a mom and a dad together that it's there's just not joy anymore. There's not joy, there's not connection. I wanted my children to learn what love was from how I could love them, not the way that me and me and their dad were loving each other. You know, and that was like six years ago now. And I, I know 100% it was the right decision. Like they've got a stepmom now. They've got two other siblings, a, a stepbrother and a half brother. They've got parents that co-parent well together. They've got a mother that is more freely in their authenticity oh, I than I ever could have imagined. Yeah. So, like, so and, and their dad's happier too. Yeah. So let's tie this into like this, this again, conditioning of monogamy only. Mm. Um. Because you just said something so beautiful. Now they have like a stepmom that takes care of them, <laughs> step siblings. And some people will be like, oh, they have a stepmom and she thinks she's going to take over and do my <laughs> job for it. And that's like, no, like, uh, why can't well, well, we embrace? Mm, to be honest, I did have to, I had to negotiate myself through a lot of insecurities. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there was, there was a history and, and I had to sit with all of the things that brought up shame in me, all of my wounds I hadn't dealt with, all of that stuff. And every now and then things come up, but just, so we've got Mother's Day on Sunday here. And just mm -hmm. as an example of what it can be, yeah, the kid's stepmom dropped off some stuff for their sports games in the weekend, along with a beautiful box she said, this is for Sunday. Like, don't open it yet. Like she's gone out of her way 
to make sure that my kids have got Mother's Day presents for me. And, and it's this respect that you that you can have when you look outside the paradigm. Yeah. You know, when you yeah, look outside <laughs> the paradigm. Like now my kids have three parents that love them. They have like this five children all together. I was in a two and a half year relationship as well. And they had this great guy that was in their lives and they loved. And like there's been no loss of self. There's only been gaining when we were living to our authenticity. And and I will say, like, I had to be the driver behind that. And I think there's a lot of people in that position where, like, I had to be the one making that decision. And and I had to get all of the shaming around it, all of the guilt around it. Like, you're breaking up your family. You're ruining this. You're ruining your kids' lives. All those stories thrown at me. But my, my instinct, my soul, like, my heart knew it was the right decision. And I can see it now because there's so much love and joy and extra grandparents. <laughs> like, and there's so, so much more me. love. Tell me, was it worth doing the work of unpacking that conditioning? Oh, absolutely. Honestly, I I can't even imagine who I would be now if I had stayed in that paradigm of what life is supposed to look like, like the white picket fence life. I was a numb and I take responsibility for my part in this you know I I chased that dream because I hadn't seen that dream mm-hmm. I hadn't had my mum around there was abuse you know I, I'd had a dad and a stepmom growing up but I'd never seen the white picket fence mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just gonna make that because then that will be happiness because I didn't have happiness right. and actually having to leave the safety and security of what mm-hmm. I thought life was supposed to look like was one of the fucking most terrifying decisions so of terrifying. my life yeah now I just think I I fucking love myself and I didn't love myself I'm 32 and I didn't I didn't love myself until a couple of years ago Uh, you know and it's and I love that 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 my kids get to see that the impact that I have the privilege of getting to make in other people's lives I wouldn't be a pleasure and intimacy coach I I wouldn't be holistic wellness coach like I wouldn't have had the experiences that I've had I wouldn't be doing that but we have to we have to be true to ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, the, the, the version of us that we get to meet when we're being true to ourselves is just fucking incredible. It's magnetic. Like it's enthralling. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you, you were talking, we were talking about connection earlier and then like the reason why I'm so passionate about normalizing ethical non-monogamy is not because I think everybody needs to be non-monogamous, but everybody needs to be willing Yes. <laughs> to not be monogamous. Yes. If that makes sense. Okay. Yes. So do not default to monogamy because you think it's mm. going to keep you safe mm-hmm. or it's the right thing to do, or you're going to have love in that way, or being married forever is going to make you exceptional compared to mm-hmm. someone who isn't, or all mm-hmm. these things that it's going to fill the void that you're looking to because that's, that's what you've been lack. taught. Yeah. So that's why my course, it's called Breaking Free from Monogamy. But if you want to choose monogamy, please mm-hmm. choose it consciously and be yes. be content with that. Like choose it because that suits you, that fits you. Mm-hmm. Don't just choose it to keep you safe because you're afraid of your feelings. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't want to do the work like other people. That's fine. But don't go, oh, well, that that can't work for me because I would be way too jealous and da-da-da. Maybe you would, but maybe it's worth looking at that sometimes and going, why does that trigger me? Why does the idea mm-hmm. of loving more than one person make me less significant? Why? Do you think that see, about children? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always see a life as every choice is either based on fear or love. 
Yeah. Right. Or lack of abundance, same, same thing. So yeah, you're either choosing to be in something out of fear or love. And I will say, I think that a lot of people stay in, stay in unhealthy places, unhealthy connections out of fear, not out of love, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and codependency has been so normalized by everything around us, all the TV shows, all the movies, all the songs, it just normalizes codependency. And so it's, if you can, if you can navigate through life, making choices based on having an overflowing cup and, and making them out of love, like, yes, I can choose this relationship out of love. Yes. I can choose this exploration out of love, not out of fear. Like yeah. I'm staying with them out of fear or I'm staying monogamous out of fear. But if you can be in that because of love and, and it goes the same for ethical non-monogamy mm-hmm. is there has to be a decision that's made out of this love because yeah. I I'm full in myself and I want to see what else is available. Like I was in a, um, a three month ethical non-monogamous relationship about a year ago. And I called it in because I manifest everything. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I was like, okay, next guy that comes in. And I learned about Tantra. He was a Tantra coach. So oh, it's a yeah, really cool. Oh, yeah, it was so great. Yeah. Learned some really cool Tantra stuff. And like going into it, I was like, I really checked in with myself. And I thought, yeah, I am ready for this. I want to see what's here. I want to see what parts of me I can meet that I haven't had an opportunity to meet yet. Mm-hmm. Like, who else do I get to be? And, you know, learning about really, really conscious communication, mm. really consciously being like inside my body and in every single experience and just making sure I was showing up in authenticity to myself. Mm-hmm. And it was fucking great. Like it was a great experience. I learned so much, yeah. you know, whereas old me was still in those like jealousy patterns. It was still in those insecurity patterns. And were you willing to um, mess up? Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we had to have conversations about it. Right? I had to call him out on stuff. He called me out and we were like, oh, okay, yeah, that could have been different. <laughs> yeah. But like, isn't it amazing to like be able to regroup and not be like, oh, I screwed up. I can't, this isn't for me or whatever. Yeah. Like, I just think my my boyfriend and I, um, like we're just, I talked about non-negotiable needs in the last podcast too. And yeah. it's just like, he meets the non-negotiable needs that mm. I'm willing like I'm willing to invest energy and time into people in my life if there's certain non-negotiables that are going to happen, right? Because I'm at Absolutely. that point where it's like, I you don't have to meet everything, but you definitely have to have some of these non-negotiables. And and I was reading that list yesterday in my course, like when I was, and I was like, oh, that's Steve, like he's all these things. It's so cool. I'm like every non-negotiable. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Um, but that but had to because, come from a you knowing yourself. Yeah, right? That's what's exactly. So cool is that you've got to know yourself so well that you've been able to show up. And I think people don't get to know themselves. So they go into a connection and they go, these are the things I should care about as opposed to going, what's really, really important to me and the way that I receive love, I give love, the way that I sexually mm-hmm. express, the way that they do, my communication styles, like what's really important to me. And I love that you've, you've been able to identify that mm-hmm. to then go into that conscious place. Yeah. And everyone, everyone, everyone that is ever thinking about going to any kind of connection, whether it be, you know, like marriage, long-term fuck buddies, like ethical normal, yeah, exactly. it is like set up the foundation of this is what's important to me. Yeah. And also what's important to me as a parent and my children. Yes. And for me, um, not having to hide was super important and also to give my kids the 
the example that making your own choices in life based on what brings you joy is acceptable and it might not be what you want and you might not agree with it, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't make it wrong. And so they have witnessed sort of this non-monogamy journey and they they want to be monogamous, which is fine because they're choosing that. Yes, um, and every once in a while, I'll question them on why they want to be monogamous. Absolutely be it. But but are you doing that because you're falling into that, you know, codependent trap of like what what it should be or no, I couldn't I couldn't imagine my boyfriend like looking at someone else. Well, why? Like what what is that? Are you making that mean something about you or yeah. do, are you going oh, that he is? a human being that just because he's with you doesn't mean he's not noticing other people. Like that's ridiculous to think that we just shut off or, and if we do shut off, that's very, very evident in a relationship because that doesn't just shut off for other people. It shuts off Mm. for everybody. Like if your sex drive has to be shut off so you don't think about or fantasize about other people, it's also not fantasizing and desiring and thinking about your spouse or mm-hmm. your partner. Or your connection, right? connection to your own sexual energy. Exactly. <laughs> You're closed off to that. So one of the things that was really important to me is that my boyfriend, that my kids had a connection with him and that they had like, you know, um, that they cared about him and loved him and he's so good to them. And they'll, like, they'll call him. And be like, hey, Steve, I need da 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 da. Or, you know, um, they're like, hey, we're going to take you out for breakfast for your birthday for this thing because he commented on their Instagram about the pancakes that they had the other day. They're like, where? He's like, damn, where's that? Because he loves pancakes. And they're like, <laughs> we're totally going to take you out for your birthday to this place, you know? And it's like, that warms my heart because I live two hours away from them. Yeah. He lives in the city close to them. And so, they feel they love him. They give him hugs and they'll kiss his cheek and he can give them a kiss. And they're they're There's more love. It's beautiful. We and I'm need like, more love why would <laughs> I why would I rob my kids of that yeah. opportunity? Because their dad is completely different kind of person. Yeah. So they're getting like the best of all the worlds. I'm not ruining them, mm. is what I'm getting at. But like if I wouldn't have if I would have just stayed stuck in that mindset. I would have been afraid to say anything and be like, oh, well, that's my secret to keep. And I don't. Well, how are they mm-hmm. ever going to learn not to judge other people's choices and relationships and that they have choices that mm-hmm. don't have to be monogamy as well without shame? Like mm-hmm. if I'm never going to be open about that. And it doesn't mean everybody can do that. Not everybody's in a position where they can be open. Unfortunately, people lose custody battles and and lose jobs as a result of their sexual what they do with their sexuality. I just did blows my mind still. Mm -hmm. But you know, anyways. Okay. So we've got some things like, what are some ways that we prevent ourselves from being curious? Like (sighs) what are some things that you were like, okay, I'm going to just, you said sink into that. You had some nudges, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, I'm going to try this thing or I'm going to, what were some of those things? Like what might people experience and be quick to shut down? (laughs) Yeah, I think, well, because I work with energy, right? It, it, it's been the way that I've probably experienced and explored myself more than anything else in the last couple of years. 
is that I think people just stop connecting to their bodies and they stop mm. listening to their bodies. And I'm doing this, you know, this training about, about somatic therapies at the moment. And Love it. so many people are disembodied a lot. You know, anytime that you are either in the past or in the future, the potential of the future, you're out of the present and you're disembodied, you're not in your body. And so the more that people can connect into the sensations of their bodies instead of neck up, so many people are in this cognizing of the oh, world, yeah. you know, <laughs> like the intellect. And it's so great that as humans, we have this intellect. However, we can cognize ourselves out of the human experience. Uh, sure. We can actually cognize ourselves out of sensations. And that's why I'm so passionate about connecting people back into pleasure and not, not only for the, the amazing therapeutic benefits of your connection to your pleasure, but because you can listen to your instinct more. Mm. I literally, this is, this is how I go through life. <laughs> if I have say an opportunity, uh, a person or something like that, that comes up, I listen to my body and my body tells me I will tune in. I will breathe. I will take some moments to come into presence and I will like, ask myself, like, should I go on that date? <laughs> should mm -hmm. I do this? Like, is this for my highest good? Am I making this choice out of love? And my body will tell me, I will get those sensations. You know, it won't be like a full-blown fucking orgasm, <laughs> but it'll be <laughs> sensations of my body either dropping into, yes, this feels safe, or yes. it'll maybe start to constrict, which is going, that doesn't feel safe. Because your body is so much smarter than people think. It Like it's always trying to communicate and, and a lot of people are not listening. And, you know, well, when you, if, yeah. so I just wanted like as children, mm. like what is one of these examples of like shutting down, listening to your body, go, yeah, I, go hug aunt so-and-so and go mm -hmm. give them a hug. You're going to make them feel bad if you don't. What if they're scared? What if they, exactly. there's something, what if they're being abused mm -hmm. by that aunt or uncle mm -hmm. and they're not allowed to listen to their body? Mm-hmm. They have to shut that down. And so then they think mm -hmm. that if if they get to high school and they don't feel good in their body around someone, they have to find a way to be to liked listen. in order to mm -hmm. to feel good around them. Mm -hmm. We have been taught to shut that down. So mm -hmm. I love that you open up your body, listen open to what it says. Does it feel safe? And that's so yeah. important. Those are your yeah. people. Those are your people. Yeah. Um, like anger is a really interesting one we can see in children is that um, a child's natural instinct because like all mammals what happens is when you experience some kind of um, constriction or response fight flight freeze kind of response in the body you move it through right and you see animals out in the wild they will often stamp their feet and they'll move that energy mm. through and we see it in toddlers yes. toddlers stamp their feet to move they're actually moving the energy of anger through the tantrums. And oh, so if you have an adult that comes in and says like, oh no, don't do that. Don't scream. Don't move. What they're doing is then they're having to stop that moving through and they're not able to complete that stress cycle that wants to move through. And what happens to that energy? It gets trapped and that becomes emotional trapped energy yeah. that then starts to create imbalance in the body. <laughs> and so when you look at, at us as adults, if we've been conditioned to not express and not move through, it often also disconnects us from feeling pleasure. You know, the amount of times that we could be feeling pleasure, but we're so used to like contracting and not experiencing that. And I just want to say, like, it doesn't mean you have to let your kids have tantrums necessarily. We can give them other tools Absolutely, to help them to move, move that energy through. through their body that's not yeah. in that way. Yeah. So I just wanted to point that out because I think some people might go, 
Oh, so I just let my kid have a tantrum. Well, no, there's, there's no, other ways. We have to learn how space. to also adapt and be be kind and loving and sensitive to the people yes. around us as well. And dropping yes. down in the middle of a grocery store is not <laughs> yeah. sometimes the best option. No. So we need to have coping skills that are other than mm. that, or we're not going to have mm-hmm. any friends growing up. Um, so and anyways, I just yeah, want to and bring you know that what up. the yeah and the best thing for us actually to do like so if we go back to that is to be a co-regulated adult yeah like to be to be an adult that can co-regulate that can just like be with people and and this is the thing so if we use the analogy of say being in a in a relationship where you're you are unhappy and you're imbalanced and and you know that you both shouldn't really be in it and and you're not really finding bliss anywhere else. You've got two humans that are actually dysregulated. Mm-hmm. So they're not self-regulated. They're not able to co-regulate each other. And the this is what I wish for everyone on earth is that we become regulated beings whole in ourselves. When we go into connection, it is so fucking beautiful. You know, I will say, and this breaks down that whole story of like, it's that you'll have the best connection, the best sex in your like monogamous relationships. I am telling you, I have had the most fucking incredible experiences with people I have met and had, um, kind of like usually three to four months, mostly monogamous. Some of them have been non-monogamous connections with people just incredible because you've still got two conscious, connected, open, expressive beings that have communicated that no way they're there. It is bliss. It is beautiful. And you can have that anywhere, but you've, you've got to show up as that, with that connection to yourself. Why I don't talk about sex as the thing to (laughs) me, this is why I talk about these things because I want you to be whole. I want you to be whole as a person. And even if you're in a miserable relationship, if you learn to be whole in yourself, Mm. then you become able to really make decisions based on if this is right for you, um, because you can learn to self-regulate and you can learn to go, oh, I was depending on the other person to regulate me all the time, but actually I had the power within myself. And now that I'm not expecting that from them, they're actually a pretty cool person. Yes. (laughs) And yes, that's totally. where that's where you're going to find saving a relationship. It's not rehashing all the things that you need to fix. And no. I just had that conversation with clients this week. I'm like, listen, mm-hmm. you have to stop trying to fix everything because that's not where you're going to find connection and safety. You're going to feel bad about yourself continually pointing out all the things that aren't working or that used to be better. Yeah. You know? And even by setting the idea that I have to fix something, you're essentially saying something's broken. Well, exactly. Like if you're like, I'm trying to fix something, you're saying it's broken as opposed to like, I'm going to find more wholeness in myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to find gonna more love in depend less on you. <laughs> yeah. And in that, if you find that the person you're with completely disconnects from you, because if you're not reaching out and doing all the work, they want nothing to do with you. Then you get to go, oh, then you know. I wasn't just making that up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but maybe the way I was bring, coming to the relationship was actually pushing them away on a regular mm-hmm. basis. And mm-hmm. I get to own that. And it may be irre- irre- irreparable, mm-hmm. but at least I get to own my shit. I get to figure out how to regulate myself and be a whole person. And then if it's not with that person, the next person I come to, I'm going to be in more awareness and consciousness that that person, I'm going to notice if they're regulated, if they're consciously whole as a person. It doesn't mean that you don't need anything anymore. 
No, not at all. No. It means you get to come in. It's like that stupid fucking 50-50 thing, right? Drives me wild. You should not be going into a relationship 50-50. You should be going in always taking responsibility for trying to hit your 100. You know, whether that is sometimes it will be more, we're not quite sitting at a higher capacity because stressful things in life have happened, but it's our responsibility to fill that out. We're not two halves making a whole. You're not Okay, so let's look at it this way. Let's look at it this way. Your phone, you would not unplug it at 50%. Yeah. (laughs) You let it charge to 100%. Mm-hmm. And your partner's phone is also at a hundred percent. I I mean, like, if I'm a phone <laughs> and my partner's <laughs> a phone, like, there's no point in just being at fifty percent. Like, why? If I come in at a hundred percent, I know I've got lasting power. I know that mm-hmm. I can run all the apps. Today. I know I can do all the things. Um, and sometimes. I'm going to need some more charging and maybe we can help each other. Maybe we can connect to each other's phones and give each other a little bit of that energy. I don't (laughs) know. I'm going too far with this analogy, but but all I'm saying is that we, why would we think that it's someone else's responsibility to, you know, give us their energy for us to be at a hundred percent. Like, why can't we just, start at a place of 100% knowing how to get ourselves to 100% mm-hmm. so that everything is an extra. And so if we if we're giving things away, if we're giving energy away, so this was my tantric learning, right? Mm-hmm. I recognize I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is what has been happening because I was called energetically rude and I was like, "What?" And so what happened is I was like imposing my energy on people without their consent. Mm. And I was like, "Oh, I didn't even think of it that way." Okay. So that means if I'm giving my energy to you and you're not consenting to it, you're not ready for it, that means I've given you my energy and you haven't given me any back because you don't have any extra to give, right? So now I'm feeling drained and now I'm resenting the fact that you didn't Uh fill me up too. Okay. So I was like, oh, damn, I did do that all the time. And then I was like, okay. And then you've got people who are just sucking your energy. They're taking your energy all the time because you have energy. Like I'm, I'm a manifesting generator. So I generate my own energy. Um, I don't necessarily need to get that from other people. So people just take my energy because I'm an empath and I care Mm -hmm. and I listen. And then I'm drained because they've just sucked it and they haven't given anything back. And then Mm -hmm. you have the people who you give your energy to them, they give their energy back to you. And it's like, you're always at a hundred percent. Reciprocity. Yum. so beautiful. (laughs) So that was a huge eye opening. And I tell all my students this, my high schoolers, everything. I'm like, listen, Mm. not everybody is your people. No. And that's okay. Don't give your energy away all the time. Like you wouldn't do that with your phone. Don't leave your flashlight on. Yeah. That doesn't make sense, (laughs) but you're not just going to cut your flashlight you're not just going to eliminate that app from your flash from your phone because it takes too much energy turn it off you don't Mm -hmm. have to share it all the time you don't have to have it on all the time manage Mm. your energy that you're allowed that doesn't have anything to do with curiosity but (laughs) but it has to do with life (laughs) and and it also it has to do with all connection though all connection we're always in a relationship with so many people right we're constantly in relationship with people all the time. And it's just taking responsibility for how you show up because no matter what choices you make, they have to be from this full, like, yes. You know, and if you look at the places like um, that are 
still deemed as a taboo within the space of, mm-hmm. you know, kink and and still non-monogamy and um, you know, lots of practices that that haven't been uh, standardized yet, even though it's happening so yeah. much. Like you have to go into all of those things with this with this fullness, right? This wholeness. If you've got a curiosity is here. Curiosity mm-hmm. is here, playfulness is here, but you've got to go into those things with this, this full overflowing oneness. Because then those decisions are made out of love as opposed to fear. You could have curiosity, but if you're going into it with fear, well, you're mm-hmm. setting yourself up for fucking disaster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> like push the edge. <laughs> so let's talk about pushing the edge a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. so I have Shibari Rope Bunny written here. Um, <laughs> yeah. and that is sort of part of the kink world is Shibari. And mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that and just maybe use that as an example and like listening yes. to your nudges and mm-hmm. and releasing shame and guilt about experiencing or looking into some of your curiosities Mm -hmm. so tell us a little bit about that we don't have a ton of time but I do want to touch on that because it's not something everybody knows and there's a lot of judgment around it but it can be Mm -hmm. so cool Mm -hmm. yeah it was exactly that process of listening to the nudges so I um we'd been recording some episodes that were exploring some places in kink and bondage and all those kinds of things which I'm interested in and I had was with a gentleman at the time that we were exploring these things with. And I was like, oh, I fucking love this, like in a sexual context. However, then I started coming across Shibari art and the photography. And I do quite a few photography sessions. I model for some really cool kind of grungy photo shoots and stuff. And I'm covered in tattoos. And so I'm like the perfect person for those. Nice. And I actually just put it out there to the universe. I was like, I'd love to meet a Shibari rigger and explore that because I knew there was something there for me and and it wasn't in a sexual context actually it was because I knew there was something there for me in my personal development and funnily enough had a convo with a friend she was like oh my friend is a rigger with 10 years experience of tying people up in shibari who's looking for a rope bunny so cool yeah of course and they're really hard to find in New Zealand like very hard to find so funny he lives in the same city as me you know how it works and yeah and um so yeah, we we just met each other and and had a conversation and and then had this gorgeous experience over probably about four or five months where once once a month to every fortnight we'd meet up and we would come into these really awesome sessions together where so I would have like underwear on so I still was dressed and there wasn't I'll say there was nothing sexual about the experiences like there was. There were no sexual acts. The, the energy, sexual energy was yeah. there, but it was not about that. Him and I were, were friends. It was a really lovely role. What I found. Embracing your body. It was really yeah, that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like and it was. the nudity. Yes, and it, and, well, not complete yeah. nudity, but yeah. yeah it's very being, much part of the art and just. Yes. And, and the, the the beauty of, of the form of the, in this case, the woman's body. Um, it was quite constricting ties and I like playing with sensations and, you know, I don't use the word pain because pain is, is subjective anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and for me, I like exploring sensations. And so we did um, like suspension. We did a lot of quite tight ties. And for me, my gosh, what I learned from it was pushing past the the limitations of of the physical experience and really presently being in the body of I'm going to be here for all of these experiences Mm. just like what impact play for me is really like I'm going to be here for this and just see what I can learn about myself 
you know, I learned how powerful my mind is. I learned to be so presently in the experience. I learned how to feel safe in my body. You know, when, when you can feel safe and sovereign, when you're completely physically tied up, yeah. I had this, I had this one moment, a couple of sessions in where I was like completely restrained and I just, I just, I had this smile on my face because I often drop into breath and meditation. And I thought, fuck, I am so sovereign. Like my soul is free, no matter what experiences I'm in, even if I'm tied up, like even if external circumstances are are stressful and, and even if there are things happening in my life, I always have my own freedom and my own like wholeness to come back to. And it would just fucking blow me away. Hey, <laughs> um, Well, isn't yeah, it so, like... Yeah. Like that's so important in life to learn to be uncomfortable or comfortable with discomfort. Absolutely. Because learning to drop into our body in that discomfort means that Mm -hmm. we can face so much more. And again, Mm -hmm. we're not relying on being comfortable as the thing that is what we're going to choose. Like, because life isn't always going to be comfortable life has choices that are very difficult and feel uncomfortable, but sometimes those are the best choices for us. And Mm -hmm. when we learn to be present and comfortable with discomfort, we get to see a whole different side of ourselves. Yeah. Um, Tell us a little bit. Yeah. 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 Tell us a little bit what Shibari is because some people might not even know what in the world you've been talking about. Yeah. Beautiful. So it's um, a, form of Japanese rope bondage. So so there's two different things, actually. There's shibari, which is the form of rope bondage, which is often for therapeutic practices or for the artwork. Kimbaku is often when it is also including sexual acts. Mm. So there's two kind of different things, whereas traditionally, yeah, shibari is... So it's the art of tying ropes on body. Mm-hmm. So um, it can be like harnesses around the hips. It can be completely restricting arms or legs. For us, we brought in suspension. So I had like mm-hmm. a rope rigging system actually in my carport of my house. And mm-hmm. I would completely be suspended off the ground while I was being restrained. And so it, it's very uncomfortable, like as in the ropes are digging into your body. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd come out the other side and sometimes I'd have marks all over me it was definitely physically uncomfortable. However, there is something, it's almost like, you know, being in the womb, that duplication of being really cozy. Um, There's something very, well, for me personally, very comforting about it. And, you know, one of the coolest things that I found was uh, he was a photographer and videographer as well. So we would photograph and video the sessions. And so I was putting them on my social media Mm. and I was like, you know, and I was sharing a lot of what we were doing and it was just so cool to support other people's curiosity Mm -hmm. because I've really set myself up as someone that you can come and ask me anything. I'm so authentically in myself. People were coming and asking questions. They'd be like, oh my gosh, that triggered the fuck out of me watching your video. Or like, please tell me more because it makes me really uncomfortable. I'd be like, are you okay? (laughs) And it was so cool. I think I think when we can be so much ourselves and following the nudges to experiences, it opens up and allows, gives people permission and allows space for other people to just start exploring their own. Right. And that was definitely something that, that helped a lot of people in that. Mm. And yeah, gorgeous photography and videos out of it too. And cause yeah, I'm so into just creating like edgy images. (laughs) 
So yeah, the rope tying the, the ties. Like I did a I did a shibari one night like course kind of thing, like a, just a a night where I learned to tie, and I just it was so therapeutic to tie, and I yes. I I understood it. So I bought like two fifty foot ropes. Is it fifty foot? Yeah. Two fifty foot ropes, and um, I haven't done a lot with it because I forget some of it. But like the way that you had to tie, and then oh. how to make it safe, and it was just such an art. And the way it's you moved so your beautiful. hands, and the way you mm. held the knots, it was just, it was so beautiful. And and mm. I could see how it was. It, it's just, it's kind of like um, I don't know. It could be like a spiritual experience of tying, you know. And Absolutely. and like you're saying, mm. like the pain. I don't like pain and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just going to call it that though, for the sake of like, some people Mm -hmm. like pain and some people don't, Mm -hmm. I'm much more gentle. So like, I'm wondering if it would, like, it'd be interesting for me to try that, to be in that kind of pain and to be able to like, use my mind to really Mm. get to a comfortable place that would be so beneficial for me, I think. And Mm. I never thought of it that way Mm -hmm. um, because I'm so in my head so often. It's hard for Mm -hmm. me to drop into my body with my ADHD. Like it just, the noise never stops. And so things like that just get you to test your limits in in ways, you know. It's so embodying. And, you know, just like in the same dynamic as say dominance and submission and because I've had some experience in that as well. It was the same as being in submission is that I have a lot of responsibilities in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I am single mom, three kids, run my business, part of the school thing, do the sports things, do mm-hmm. that. I'm starting up all these programs. I work in youth prevention work. Like there's a lot that I have to look after by myself. And so being able to drop into a place of just complete safety with no responsibilities, no responsibilities. Somebody else can just look after that and hold you in that space Mm -hmm. with respect. And obviously they're there for the right intentions. It feels very freeing. And this is why I love talking about play. Like Mm -hmm. sex is play, you know, like kink is is play, like shibari is play. That's why we we call it play in this world. Yeah. Like I get to go in this role of not having to be the one making the decisions and that was extremely therapeutic to me, you know, done in a healthy way that that was, yeah, it was like the greatest meditation. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like encouraging people to just just push the edge a little bit of of where else you might be able to go to learn more about yourself. Mm-hmm. Face your fears. Was it? Um, feel the fear and do it anyways. Do it anyway. That, that's <laughs> yeah. such a good book for entrepreneurs, especially, but like yeah. just in life in general, yeah. feel the fear and do it anyways. Like just you push it. Yeah. Like the fear of jealousy, even, you know, mm. like, like right now I have such beautiful people in my life, such beautiful relationships in my life because I, w- I walked past the fear of what that might be and just decided to sink in and allow people to be a part of my life. And it's such a rich experience. And it's like, I love to watch my partner connect with someone um, because it gets him out of his body, er, into his body, out of his head. And I get mm. to watch him in that free state. It makes me appreciate him and Esther Perel talks about like being an observer of your partner helps to mm. create uh, eroticism. And when we're too comfortable with our partners, that doesn't 
create eroticism. There's no room for eroticism and comfort to live together Mm -hmm. at the same time. So I talk a lot about to have an empowered relationship, you need safety, connection, and novelty. And if you are infusing your relationship with novelty, and that might be creating times when you're not going to be comfortable, you're going out like we love to go to the club and I I dress sexy and it's this sexual vibe and energy and I can flirt with other people and make out with other people and so can he. And it's like people, if they give him compliments on on me, he's like, yeah, that's my girl and stuff (laughs) like that. And, you know, it just like it creates such a fun energy between the two of us and it brings us together and it keeps our sexual energy separate from our everyday life. And so then it just, it increases that sort of connection in that way. And um, it's ridiculous to think that you're going to maintain that on a daily basis. And if your sexual eroticism dies a little bit, um, that you judge that as, as you're not in love anymore or whatever. It's like NRE new relationship energy, it pumps out all these hormones and um, creates a desire to connect deeply. And that's just, so you procreate and you like, you know, (laughs) you know, populate the world. Yeah. (laughs) But there's a real, that's, that's limited in time. And so when that NRE starts to wear off, people think, oh, I'm not in love anymore. But you have to be conscious about creating novelty to keep that connection, keep that eroticism open, keep it exciting and fun. And if that means adding other people to your sex life, then that might be what works for you. And it can be amazing. Um, And you can put whatever parameters you want on that. You can you can design it to to fit who you are and what your level of of comfort is. Um, but don't just write it off because it's wrong. That's to me is like not being willing to, to look at outside the box. Like if you want to stay playing by the rules, that's fine, but you might just stay small and stuck and not get the full joy that's possible in life. And I'm not saying that non-monogamy is what you, is what it's going to be. It's allowing yourself to explore, allowing yourself to be curious and to step outside of that box without shame and guilt. That is life-giving energy, being authentic. That's how you break free is giving yourself permission to do that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and how different the world would be if we have people that can live according to exploration and curiosity as opposed to staying stagnant because of shame and guilt, right? Oh, so, so much. So that's my passion. Obviously, it's yours too. And it's so exciting. Yeah. I love talking about this stuff. Um, um, shall we, can you tell us um, how we can find you? Is there anything, any last words of wisdom first before we go and then where we can find you if someone wants to um, look for you? And I'll put all these in the show notes, all these links. I think just finishing off with a big appreciation for everyone that is willing to be part of these conversations, you know, because being part of these conversations is the first step in creating change. If we can be in them and then we can take action to, yeah, just find what else inside ourselves we can explore, then the world gets to be a different place, you know, and I envision a place where we are living more freely. So thank you for being part of this. We're all in this co-creative space of shifting the paradigm. (laughs) Um, 
Cool. So I probably use, I use Instagram more than anything else. I really love Instagram. On Instagram, I'm Mama Chow, CEO. Uh, my business is Mama Chow Holistic Healing. <laughs> uh, and it's funny because a lot of people know me as Mama Chow as opposed to Shall We. My <laughs> um, yep, so my website's Mama Chow Holistic Healing on Facebook. I'm that as well. Um, our podcast episodes are still available at the moment and potentially we are going to start up again. So that's called Sex with My Ex Podcast. I love it. And we're on all the platforms. Yeah, we've got 29 episodes and there's some fucking bangers in them. Like, yeah, we've we've had some really cool interviews around non-monogamy, around kink, around Yes, yeah, around sexual energy. So yeah, we're there as well. Nice. I'm, and I'm, I'm kidding. Looking forward to listening to that. Yeah, you'll listen to that. And you'll be like, it's not. So I'm Kitty and he's Johnson. So on the Sex Mike's podcast, I use a pseudonym okay. Kitty Brown. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. And Johnson does that have a, a and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kitty and Johnson intentionally. Uh-huh. <laughs> So perfect. I love I that. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you can do some Googling. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate it. I'm so glad we could find a time that worked with uh, yes, being across so the world from each other. Yes, different time zones. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> Anyways, it was such a great conversation. So much fun. And thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for being here. And talking with me and also thank you for being a part of the change and really shifting this paradigm because it's one that needs to be shifted because we just have so much to offer that we have been keeping ourselves from and uh why why shame one of the most fun beautiful things that we can have like why is our sexuality the one thing that we're like no shame why? Yeah. Because it's too much fun because you can't control people if they are uh, in control of their own selves and their pleasure. Mm-hmm. So freedom really comes from being in control of your own pleasure. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you, darling. Thank you. Mwah. So as I always say, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Thanks so much. Thanks, selling. Didn't I say that this would be an incredible conversation? It's just filled with so much juicy stuff. And I just, I'm so happy that we brought this out because I think we forget how much we've killed our curiosity. You know, there's the saying, curiosity killed the cat. And I think we kind of live by that motto. And that's so not true. Curiosity is something that helps us to to live and to have joy in life. We get to discover things. When we stop discovering and exploring and learning, we lose the joy in life. And we talked a little bit about the eroticism and comfort can't live together. And so when was the last time you discovered or were curious about what could bring back some eroticism for you? What kind of pleasure can you bring yourself? What kinds of things bring you pleasure to begin with? It was so fun to learn about Shaoi's experience as a Shibari rope bunny. And I think that we can learn a lot from that experience in, again, this comfort in discomfort and normalizing the fact that life 
doesn't always have to feel comfortable for it to be right and that we get to recharge our own batteries. I really want you to come to the table as a whole individual that knows who they are and can really create the life of their desires and dreams by letting go and allowing yourself to really ask yourself the questions, to tap into your curiosity, to tap into your pleasures and joys. What makes you happy? If you don't know that, then you need to do some discovery. Go take the quiz and find out what kinds of things light you up. And then take the deep dive workshop to find out what all that means, what your results mean. Get curious. And then ask me some questions. Bring them to the table. Nothing is off limits to talk about. It's a beautiful process to be curious without shame. Let's let's bring that back. We need to shift this paradigm, like she says. And, and it's so exciting to be in a discovery mode. Once you figure out what you're curious about, then it's time to be able to like really release that shame and guilt about trying things, shift that programming that is holding you back so that you can express your deepest sexual desires and fantasies with yourself and your partner. So join that eight-week program. Honestly, it's going to change your life. And it's just been so exciting to see the client shifts from this program and them step into their confidence and their joy at discovering and being aware of what it is that they truly love and need and want and being okay with that. I want that for you. So let's talk about it. Please allow yourself to be curious. Give yourself that gift. I want that kind of freedom for you. Life is too short. Live freely, authentically, with curiosity. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you for joining us today, and I hope you thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Kareen Bedard Coaching, and you can visit my website at kareenbedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week.